sake, let's take a minute and give it up for podcasts. Am I right? Um, no, but seriously, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's literally the easiest way to make podcasts, so let me explain. One, it's free. Two, it literally gives you all the tools you need in order to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which is amazing. Um, also, the best part, in my opinion, is that it'll distribute your podcast for you, so you can hear it on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, literally anywhere you listen to podcasts. Pretty amazing, and you literally have to do nothing. The other thing is you can make money from your podcast. There's no like minimum listenership required. So that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, seriously, if you're like into podcasts and thinking about making one, I would check it out because it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Um, so yeah, go ahead, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What are you waiting for? Hello and welcome. I'm Victoria. I'm Serena, and together we're from Noir. This show is all about women, specifically film. We are going to review and analyze movies that are written by, directed by, or starring women, and we cannot wait for you to join us. Tune in and listen wherever you listen to podcasts or join us on YouTube. So today, we are going to talk about the movie Passing on Netflix. The movie Passing is directed by Rebecca Hall. Um, Synopsis, let me set the stage. In 1920s New York City, a black woman finds her world upended when her life becomes intertwined with a former childhood friend who is passing as white. Um, The film stars Tessa Thompson as Irene and Ruth Nega as Claire Kendry. Um, so as usual, we are going to start with first impressions, um, how we came across the movie, trailers, and the things that they use to advertise the movie, um, then we're going to look at the nine major production positions and see where women were included in those, um, things that happened behind the camera. Um, we'll do our Fuck Mary Friend Zone, like always, with the men of the movie, um, then rate the movie and give you recommendations based on... Uh, if you like this movie, elements of the movie, and if you liked it. So I guess first impressions. Um, I don't know, do you want to go first? I can go first. Um, so I actually, by fluke, came across this movie because I'm in a literature class. And in my literature class, we were looking at the book that this movie is based on. So the book is called Passing as well. Um, and it was a really interesting book. It's kind of short. It's like 100-something pages. But... Um, what was so interesting about the book is my professor was convinced that it was queer, that they were queer undertones, and the book was published in 1929, um, and that's something that I think, mm, it maybe is, I think it is, ex- like, it is existent in the film, so I think if you say, like, there is sort of, like, a, an yeah. underlying tension between Tessa Thompson's character, um, and uh, Claire Kendry, mm-hmm. um, there, like, there is something there, but it was very apparent in the novel, like, that first meeting where they see each other, like, across the room, um, Irene, Tessa Thompson's character, thinks to herself over and over, that woman is so beautiful, I just can't get her off her mind, and there's so many elements and, and moments where she, like, is, a, like, it's a, it's kind of like an obsession in a way that if, if Claire were a, ma- a man, it would be, like, romantic, you know? Mm. Um, so that was really interesting, yeah. and then my professor was like, oh, I didn't even know, but there's a movie coming out very soon, you guys should watch it, and so that's when I watched it, and then, yeah, it has a woman director, so we were like, oh, we should talk about it. So that was how I came across it. 
Interesting. I came across it on Instagram. Nice. <laughs> like someone was like, someone that I follow was like, like, be prepared, like, new movie coming out. It was definitely one of the like black filmmaker type uh, Instagrams that I follow, where they like highlight the like anything made by like black people or black women, um, and they like highlight it and promote like, oh, this is coming out, this is coming out, this is so and so in it, this is so and so in it. It's produced by this person. It's uh, directed by this person. Stuff like that. So that's how I found about found out about it and then I watched it and yeah yeah it definitely has like queer undertones I remember um <laughs> during Thanksgiving actually uh I hadn't finished the movie I had to rewatch it on the plane ride back because I stopped like in the middle of it um but my my aunt and uncle and my parents had seen it and they were talking about it with my grandmother um and they were like yeah you need to watch this movie and she's like what is this movie and it was interesting because my uncle and my aunt were like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they like either like were together at some point or like there's something going on between them like romantically. And my cousin was like, yeah, like I think they're gay. <laughs> and my, my parents were like, really? <laughs> Not like in a bad way. They're just like, I mean, I guess there's undertones of it, but like I couldn't tell if it was just like really friendly or if it was like gay. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that is kind of like a line that they don't really explicitly cross, but I didn't read the book, so I wasn't sure if it's like in the book or not. But knowing what you've said about the book, it definitely looks like they tried to carry that into the film and maybe just like didn't take it as far, but yeah. We really, we all really liked the movie. They definitely had, like, a whole conversation about it that I was, like, trying not to listen to so that they wouldn't spoil the movie, which they didn't, thank goodness. Um, and then when they had told my grandmother to watch it, my my grandmother's pretty light-skinned, and she was like, what's this movie about? And we're like, oh, it's about, like, two women. Both of them are, like, white-passing. One of them purposefully is passing as a white woman, though, and the other one isn't, and they, like, meet one day, and, like, it's you know, they, it deals with, like, those kind of issues, and she's like, oh, that's really interesting, actually, she's like, she's like, my, my grandmother used to know people that would, like, pass, and she would talk to us about it, like, all the time, like, oh, yeah, so-and-so, and so-and-so, and And I just thought that was, like, super interesting, because, like, my entire life, as long as I've been a black person, (laughs) I have never heard anyone talk about it before, (laughs) Like, the only time, it, like, I've ever heard it referenced to was, like, uh, um, the Supreme Court case that they ended up doing to get, like, uh, to try and prove, like, that segregation is wrong with the the guy that was three quarters black and he was on the train in the whites only part and nobody said anything, but once they found out he was black, they, like, kicked him out. And that was, like, one of the things that's like the only time you really ever hear about it in like history and even that one's kind of like a really fast one like they don't really talk about it that much it's just kind of mentioned and then they move on with the rest of the civil rights movement so I don't know I thought it was really interesting especially that there's like a movie coming out about it where they get to deal with like the internal and external implications of what it is to be a black person in America what it is to be a white passing person in a black community and yeah i thought this film was awesome yeah one of the things that um or the opinions that like my classmates classmates were having so we would talk about it um 
uh, one of them was, we watched a trailer, but this was before it came out, and um, they were kind of judging the, because we had all read the book, and they were judging the casting, um, because in the book, Tessa Thompson's character, she says, oh yeah, like, people mistake me for, like, Hispanic, or people think that I'm from Europe, and so she can pass, and then, if she wants, mm-hmm. and then, um, yeah, Claire is, uh, like, white passing and that kind of stuff, and when people watched the trailer, they were like, well, these two people are obviously black, you know, like, it, it's impossible, like, don't, <laughs> neither of them pass, but then someone came Okay, but with- if they've seen Ruth Nega outside of this movie without that, the first time I saw Ruth Nega, I was like, she's got to be like mixed or something i was like she's not just white because she was just playing a random character and i was mm-hmm. like she's not white but like what is she and i was like she could be but i doubt it and i was like i think she's mixed and then i found out and i was like oh cool okay yeah i was right but like it's totally questionable when you look at her yeah someone said or i don't know if this was the intention but someone said well it's from like a black person's perspective and so they look obviously black because it black people can tell you know i think that's even something that they say in the movie like there's a white guy and he's like oh no way like you could never tell and she's like yeah you couldn't like but it's obvious yeah like there's just yeah Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) that happens like all the time to it happens all the time to me actually i'll be like oh they're probably mixed or something and then they'll be like oh yeah i'm I'm mixed i'm like yep figured yeah (laughs) i would know i am also mixed (laughs) like i get mistaken for random ethnicities all the time and so yeah (laughs) yeah so it is pretty entertaining yeah Um, it was really cool um trying to think of things i like well something that i was wondering if they were going to include is the ambiguousness of the ending so we're gonna talk about the ending if you don't want to hear about the ending yeah don't listen but um in the book you yeah you kind of don't know if she falls or if um Irene pushes her it's kind of like or if she jumps exactly exactly um because oh yeah yeah there's no scream she doesn't scream Ooh, that's good (laughs) (laughs) that's good that you point that out um yeah and I think they did a good job at sort of like building that tension so there's like the interaction between Irene's husband and her um and Claire and so, the, like, in addition to the fact that um, Irene has, like, strong feelings that may be, like, romantic, that may be more than platonic, mm-hmm. they have a lot of intimate scenes, she also has yeah. a level, oh, there's that really good scene where um, Claire is talking to, like, the maid, and um, Irene tells her, like, can you go work? Like, and she's kind of, like, upset <laughs> that, like, like, they're getting me. along. <laughs> um, yeah, and so there, there is, like, a, uh, it's, it's very strong feelings. They do a really good job at building strong feelings and keeping it vague and i think that that's something Mm -hmm. that like makes the ending a lot richer is the fact that you yeah it's kind of scary it's like you really don't know what what her feelings are because then she doesn't say like Mm -hmm. oh i might have accident like nothing they're just like oh this guy pushed this guy like attacked her and that's it yeah um yeah so they did a really good job at, at, at building that and tessa thompson is amazing she was perfect yeah they did great yeah I thought it was interesting, too. I read, uh, one of the reviews I read had said something about, like, um, like, the entire movie obviously is from Irene's perspective, but the way that they portray Claire and how Irene sees Claire's life in relation to hers is that the, like, attraction and the not being able to distinguish if she's attracted to Claire or if she's attracted to Claire's, like, life. Oh. 
and not necessarily her being able to like pass as white but the fact that she is able to like raise a kid without them having to talk about um like everything that happens when you're a black person in america like you don't have to talk about all the abuse the kid thinks she's white so she just lives in a world without any of those burdens Mm -hmm. and that's something that is like a point of contention in the relationship with her husband brian um where they both disagree over whether or not they should tell their kids about like all the bad things that happen to black people in america because they're black children Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay, well, I just want to get away from it. I don't want to put that pressure or burden on them. And he's like, well, they need to know because they live here mm-hmm. and it's going to affect them one way, or, one way or another. And then, like, it happens. Their kid gets called, like, the N-word. And then he, like, is completely, like, taken aback and shocked by it. And it's, like, life-altering for him because he's never heard anything about it. But she would prefer that he doesn't have to live like that. And so I thought it was really cool that, the, like the distinguish between like yeah they talked about their kids and then she's like yeah like i would never have another one though because otherwise she might turn out dark and if that happens like yeah there's a fear of that because if my kid turns out dark then not only am i gonna be found out but my kid's gonna have to live as a black person in america which again is like another true horror (laughs) right yeah, that was something that I liked about the book. So I, because I read, I did read a couple reviews that said, oh, this is nothing like the book. Like, there's so many things that left out. Actually, I think everything that I took away from the book was included. So the ambiguity mm. of all the characters, um, I think definitely makes the story a lot richer. Um, because I, when I was reading it, I was like, I can't tell if, um, Irene is like a good character or not because she would you know be like no I'm I'm okay being black and uh, but then yeah she would be at odds with the husband and I thought the husband was in the right I was like yeah you should tell your kids about sex and you should tell your kids about the realities da, da, da. but she was more conservative yeah. in that way um and I was like yeah. in this way is the is the husband like the enemy like it was so difficult because I was like, well I'm on the husband's side am I supposed to hate him um and I was <laughs> no. yeah if it came out in 1929 I don't know what the the audience like what way she was trying to skew them towards like which character she was like no this is a character that's correct um because yeah in the Mm. end i don't really know who was because they all were playing both sides it was it's really interesting Mm. and that i think is definitely present in the movie they brought all that in there yeah i think that particularly comes from the fact that like irene is a passive character she doesn't Mm. actually ever make any decisions for herself throughout the movie (laughs) like at all a lot of it is just her watching things happen watching other people interact having conversations but never actually like saying what she wants to say or anything like that like every time we see her and oftentimes we'll see her like uh we'll see things like through her perspective from the camera and it'll just be like quick little glances uh and stuff like that and like she doesn't ever really make a decision so i think a lot of that like ambiguity that we get as the audience is because as a main character the the camera work that we're and like the the lens that we're viewing it from is passive as well (laughs) so we aren't really like skewed towards anything because she's not she doesn't skew towards anything she's not quite sure she doesn't make up her mind that's true yeah that's very true just like great the camera work in this movie like everything about it the cinematography like i love that it was in black and white 
I love that like even the aspect ratio was kind of off like it was really like small and boxy and kind of like intimate mm -hmm. and there were a lot of scenes which I thought was really interesting because I think it parallels the characters was there's a lot of mirrors Ooh. and looking at people through mirrors and looking at their reactions through mirrors uh. um, because I I feel like the characters are like supposed to be like a mirror of each other of like a like Irene wants to be able to have the life of not having to worry about being black and she meets um Claire and Claire has all of that while still being a black person and then Claire is a black person that's able to live as a white person but she still wants the the connection and the culture of like the black community and so you've got this like odd parallel where they're just kind of at odds the entire time and like it's never supposed to to work for either of them you know mm -hmm. and so it's really interesting that you know that's the contention but then everything and like the cinematography the camera work just works to to make it even stronger be so good <laughs> um the only thing i wasn't sure about was the fact that it was a black and white i don't i don't think it needed to be in black and white i was like it probably did it <laughs> yeah i think just that was just like a stylistic choice uh -huh. or they were like <laughs> black white passing uh, like, it's a little on the <laughs> yeah. nose but like i know because like yeah. between all the movies coming out there in black and white i'm like this one come on come on and like there's like i'm like yeah we, uh, we have technology yeah. like <laughs> you should use colors. like there was malcolm emory too which oh, is like, exactly. why, why are all these movies in black and white exactly. like this one would make sense for it to be black and white which like i'll give that to them <laughs> but also yeah I don't know. I just don't like black and white as like a stylistic choice for things that, like when they try to make it look like film, but it's like obviously not film. I know, me too. I'm like, there's so, like, that's what kind of makes film what it is, is the fact that you can yeah. show, you know, there's so much potential. And then doing black and white, it, it yeah, cuts down it. so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was my only but thing. Those are just like, personal preferences, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that was the only thing that bothered me because I'm like a movie like um, what was the one? Marini's Black Bottom was really good. Old, oh. like takes place in oh I can't God. remember what decade, but it's in full color. It was also the twenties. Huh? Yeah, the colors were amazing. Yeah, it was amazing, and so I feel like that's a whole nother level. But they just, I don't know. Yeah, just I guess just I'm over, like there's so many now. I'm like, <laughs> it's yeah, they're losing me. They're losing me. Yeah, like, unless there's a reason, I mm. don't really care to see a movie that's in black and white. Yeah. I think, because if I had watched this without reading the book, I would have been like, oh, this is really good. But after reading it, I realized how much of it is just lifted from the book. And so I'm like, it was really good. It was really good to watch it. Um, yeah, that's the only thing, like, making me hesitate from being like, oh my god, this is amazing. And that's why, too... Like after watching because you read the book and it's like exactly like the book or like a lot of the stuff is just taken from the book yeah because then that's something like mm. whenever i talk about fight club i'm like oh fight club's a great movie but it's just the oh book you know it's like you it's they yeah. didn't come up with it you know what i mean they just are lifting yeah. it from the book and so if if the things that i like about the plot and stuff i'm like well I'm, i can't give them credit because they didn't even come up yeah. with it you know because it's a yeah a rewriting of <laughs> yeah so I don't know. Literally just rewritten for screen, which I guess yeah. you can give them credit for writing something for the screen that is as accurate as it was. Right. Actually, yeah, that is that true. really happens. That is true. Yeah, because it, it was hard to it would have been hard to translate that all that ambiguity, but it they did a good job. And a lot of like they did um, build up 
what do you call it? like suspense mm-hmm. almost yeah it's really good yeah yeah it kind of reminded me and <laughs> this is like a leap maybe to some people but the the way that they were able to create tension and stuff reminded me actually of it, it's very similar the way that they did it in a shiva baby <laughs> oh wait you're onto something you're onto something <laughs> yeah like it it was like they used um like close-up shots and like reactions or not actually seeing people's reactions for a lot of it and i think that really helped with the suspense building Mm, you're right there are a few things um if we wanted to do big nine next that i just thought were cool do it um so for the big nine production positions, I actually wrote down 11 because I got excited because there were a lot of women <laughs> involved. Um, so we'll do the first nine that, that, that we typically do. So it was directed by women, written by women. Um, it was edited by a woman, and it was the same woman that did Saving Face, which is an Alice Wu movie. Um, I think it came out in 2005. It's really, really good. Mm. By the same director that did, um, what's it called, The Half of It. Um, so I really, really like that movie. I can't believe she did that movie. And she also edited The Last Five Years, which is a movie based on a play. But I oh, love dang. that movie. Yeah, do you know that one? Yeah. Yeah. Anna Kendrick, yeah. Musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love musicals, and I really love that movie. So I just thought that was really cool. I didn't know that it was a woman director for all of those. Or not a director, <laughs> editor. Um, so that was really cool. That's awesome. Um, cinematography was a man. Um, art direction was a woman. Composer and sound there were no women present but then costumes and makeup had women um but then also the production designers were women so i thought that was really cool i wanted to add that and then visual effects there were women as well so in all so i named 10 only three didn't have women i thought that was really cool yeah oh no i named 11 nice (laughs) but yeah only three didn't have women that's really good (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, yeah, so I just thought that was really cool. I kind of don't want to play FMF because I don't like any of these men. Because <laughs> there were, what, like, the three men in it? The husband, the white husband, and then the white writer guy. Oh, right? yeah, I'm not gonna, let's not put the racist guy in there. Because that guy is scary. Okay. I don't think there's anyone else, though. Oh, that's literally it, yeah. It's the, it's the husband... We could do the guy at the club that is like, oh my god, how could you tell? That guy. And then there's someone named Dave. Who's Dave? Who the heck is Dave? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> but he's not white, so I don't know. We could do him. <laughs> he could have been like the guy at the end that's like, she put he pushed her. <laughs> You're not coming in here, man. <laughs> yeah, it might have been a friend. I don't even remember. His name is Dave. That's nice. Or was it was it a guy at, like, one of the parties? I can't even remember. Okay, or we don't... Yeah, we don't have to I do can't it. remember This either. is going to be a really short podcast, then. Oh, Dave maybe could have been the one that she ends up dancing with, that Brian finds for her to dance with at the thing. It might... Can I share with you? Hold on. I think I can show you the my mm-hmm. screenshot oh yeah okay i think he is the guy that she dances with okay do you want to do him yeah we can do him. okay sweet so we are going to be doing the guy at the club dave <laughs> and then the husband um 
Brian Redfield, played by Brian. Andre Holland. And then we're going to do the f- the friend of Tessa Thompson's, the friend of Irene. His name was Hugh, the white guy, played by Bill Hugh. Camp. Why did I think his name was Bob? Is that <laughs> racist of me? <laughs> <laughs> the, okay, well, the racist guy's name is John, so. Yeah, he, Not was, too far he off. was racist. <laughs> so, Dave, Brian, and Hugh. Yeah. Oh, I don't like any- yeah you're right you know what I don't really like any of them I think <laughs> I don't really well, like any of them I do like the husband actually I will say I was on his side I don't think he was like a cheater I think he was just like really Brian? nice um yeah yeah so I think that I he just had an attitude him. for some reason like what was the attitude for I don't know oh, have it? <laughs> he had like an attitude he does you think <laughs> Brian yeah he like the whole time he was like come on <laughs> and I was like chill dude like what are you angry about oh my goodness she doesn't want to hang out with her friend <laughs> like what she wants isn't so like it's not crazy it's just i don't know he had like an attitude and i was like do you need to have one like for what wow okay. i guess there was some contention he was like you don't like like me as much physically and i was like i thought no yeah. i thought she said that about herself no, there was, like, one time when he was, like, like, trying to be affectionate, like, physically, and she was, like, not right now, and then he was, like, <laughs> and I was, like, okay, chill, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, She's I would like, do I gotta him, go so... to my event, can you get my dress? That's my <laughs> You're sitting on it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. I was, like, hey. Um. Dude sat on her dress right before her event, like... <laughs> He does not deserve to feel left out, <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe, maybe he does. I, I don't know. <laughs> the men are the enemies in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the only good one is Dave. <laughs> I, yeah. I, okay. Well, I would fuck Dave. I would marry the husband and I would friend zone the guy, the friend. I you. probably would do the same. Okay. Nice. Yeah. You. <laughs> You just do the same. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. It does. That is the correct answer. <laughs> it is the right answer. Anyone who thinks otherwise is wrong. <laughs> it's questionable. <laughs> okay. What would you I rate? mean, I'd probably rate it, like, pretty high. Maybe not, like, a 10, but, like, a 9, 8.5. Dang! Wow, that is super high. I mean, I can't think of anything wrong with it that I would have done differently, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the acting was great, cinematography was great, story was great, written well for the screen. <laughs> like, what... what The, the sound, the music, uh-huh. amazing. That's true. Yeah, like, that is true. Yeah. yeah, like, I can't think of anything. That is true. <laughs> um, I think I would be, like, a seven and a half... Um, cause just cause it was good, but I am biased because I read it and I'm like, I guess I'm one of those people where I'm like, mm, does everything have to be a movie? It's like, did, did being a movie enhance yeah. the story? I don't know. I would still recommend the book over the movie. Um, mm. I think being a movie maybe just made it more accessible. Definitely. Definitely. Maybe like more accessible and we'll get more people to read the book. Right. Cause I would totally read the book. Cool. Yeah. But like, I wouldn't have known about it unless... Uh, if this movie hadn't come out, you know? Right. Yeah, I got lucky. Everybody go read the book. Yeah, that is my first recommendation. <laughs> we'll do a book club episode. No, I'm just kidding. What happened? 
<laughs> is it we'll do a book club episode? <laughs> yeah, yeah we like read the books ba- that movies are based on. That'd be funny, actually. That'd be cute. Oh my god, we'd have so many books to read. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay, well then, do you have recommendations besides the book? Uh, I would say yeah. It, it the the way that the movie was written and how it's like a fictional story that happens in like real world i'd probably say like i definitely would recommend if beale street could talk um Mm. i'd recommend um one night in miami and fences those are all really good but they're all like fictional but they still deal with all the issues it's it's different i feel like when you're watching a movie that's like like based off a true story or like is based off of like real people um but it's really cool i feel like when you're able to like take all of the elements of like real world and then be able to put it into a story that's fictional i feel like it's easier for people to like relate with characters or digest if it's not necessarily like right here but a little bit out there they can take like a step back and actually look at it (laughs) um so yeah, I would recommend those ones. Okay, nice. I forgot about If Beale Street Could Talk. That was a good one. Especially for this, because they're both kind of like dramas. Mm. Um, yeah, so that was a good one. Um, I would recommend Do the Right Thing. That one is a different tone, mm. um, directed by Spike Lee. But I feel like they since they both deal with like social justice, I was like, that would mm. be... A, it's like a different pr- way to look at things. Like... That one kind of yeah. takes a different... It, they use different techniques to kind of get at that same, like, theme. Um, yeah. Yeah, of, like, the coexistence and, like, just issues that arise and fissures and, um, like, ambiguity. Like, it's it, nothing mm. is black and white in that movie either. And that is a really good movie. So I'd recommend that. Do the right thing. Um, then I would also recommend a movie called Pinky. Um, directed by Elia Kazan in 1949. It came out. And that movie is actually about passing. So it is about a woman who passes as white, um, and she has a black grandmother that takes care of her. But when she, like, she tries to leave, like, her neighborhood, and people find out that she is from a black neighborhood, and she has um, black family, and um, it's a really, really good movie. I thought it was really interesting. I had never known that it was such a, like, a hot issue. Like, I guess back mm. then it was, like, yeah. it's the law, or you could be, you know, persecuted, and that kind of stuff. I had no idea, and so when I watched that movie, that was really eye-opening. Um, so, and since it's, like, more from the time, I thought that that was a, a really good watch. So, if you're interested yeah. more about the actual idea of passing, I'd recommend Pinky. It's really interesting to me that, like, a lot of people don't know that the u.s had the one drop rule and then even like in africa they had um what was it called i forget what it's called but essentially it was like if your hair had was thick enough to like hold a pencil (gasps) they would do a pencil test and if it fell out you would be considered european but if it got stuck you would be considered black no (laughs) and like there were like racial segregation laws like based off of that test and then like the one drop rule in the u.s which was like if you have a drop of black blood in you you're like you're black and you're not white which i think is really funny because people will always assume that like black people are black until they find out that they're mixed and then when they're mixed they're like oh but they're not really black and we're like okay well history would say otherwise we were persecuted regardless that's true (laughs) it's a lot of yeah there's a lot of like standards people have 
yeah and it's crazy because like i'm uh uh, african-american african-americana studies class right now and she like asked she was like how many people have heard of the one drop rule and like almost nobody had heard of it and i was like wait people don't know about that <laughs> what well like that quite literally has dictated so much of my life <laughs> yeah i've only heard about it because people have mentioned it i don't remember learning it ever wow yeah so interesting right yeah two histories yeah. bro it's real literally yeah i know you've got black history then you've got like mixed history <laughs> being mixed in like any culture always has like its own separate like right persecution exactly. and uh, yeah, yeah it's like it's it's odd yeah yeah but then yeah through this movie through maybe this... get to talk about it as a society what happened i said but i'm glad we maybe get to talk about it as a society mm-hmm. maybe this is the start <laughs> i know yeah through movies like this and through those kinds of things you're able to like get a better grasp on the reality yeah because i remember like a couple years ago tracy ellis ross tried to make a spin-off of blackish called mixedish because oh, she's mixed that. as well yeah and like blackish has done really great um like viewership wise and like his won awards and stuff and like it is really good and even the show grownish with the younger daughter being like a black uh young woman in college age and like the new generation kind of a thing like that one's also really good they bring up a lot of poignant ideas and like even in mixed dish i was excited because i was like oh shoot like i so many of these like episodes i related with and it didn't get as much buzz but i was like that's probably because like no one really wants to talk about it right now. <laughs> no one wants to talk about it. <laughs> like, talk about, like, like we... It's still, like, a like a difficult topic to talk about, like, being mixed uh. and being in the crosshairs of both your own community and also white people mm. at the same time. Right. And, like, no culture wants to talk about how they treat mixed people that's like true. ever yeah actually <laughs> like it's so hard yeah. and so yeah i was like well that's probably why i didn't do as well because they see tracy ellis ross they still think black they don't think of the other things that come with being a mixed person <laughs> yeah i remember hearing about that show but i didn't i thought it didn't even it, it actually aired i didn't even know yeah i had wow. one season wow that's crazy. Would you recommend it? <laughs> I think that everything associated with Blackish is great. Oh, okay. Like, it's kind of interesting because I don't think, like, TV-wise, mm-hmm. having centered around a Black family that's as mainstream as this is, is quite honestly, like, not really been done before because all the other ones have been targeted towards Black people, whereas this is, like, an ABC show. So it's accessible to everyone but it's not marketed as purely like black entertainment what about like everyone hates chris or whatever i never watched it but i would say the like because that one's kind of like a bet like oh is it family was like bet yeah like they're all like black entertainment like type movies so like if you were at the bet awards like they would be presented but like blackish isn't like specific towards black entertainment so it could win awards and and has in other categories that is interesting i didn't know that all right yeah yep we're gonna say goodbye now go do our our homework and prepare for 
work and, you know, do all the regular life stuff, I guess. That sucks, but, you know, if you're doing it with us, shout out to y'all. We see you. We feel you. And, uh, talk to you guys soon. Bye. <laughs>